Hello and welcome to Succeed Through Speaking, the place for experts and entrepreneurs who want high-value ideas to boost business results. Hello, I'm Tom Bailey and in today's Speaker Stories episode, I'll be getting to know Dave Daniel, who is a consultant and corporate speaker agent for DPD Consultancy and Speaker Associates and has lived and breathed the world of speaking since 1996 when he joined the CSA Celebrity Speakers Bureau. So Dave, hello and a very warm welcome to today's episode. Very much, nice to be here. Thank you so much for coming and just out of interest for everyone listening, whereabouts in the world are you right now? I'm in Buckinghamshire, just outside Windsor. Excellent. Where the king lives. I was going to say Queen then, but obviously. Fan- fantastic. Yeah, I know I know it very well. A lovely part of the world. Um, and you've also stated in your bio that you've worked with the good and the great of the speaking world, including speakers such as Neil Armstrong and Pele, just to name a couple. Yeah. So it's going to be great to really get your insight, what happens behind the stage as such. But before I do that, I wanted to ask you, have you ever wanted to try your hand at speaking or do you prefer be- being behind the stage? Never. No. Never. Not my thing at all. I've always been uh, someone behind doing what I do behind it before. I've, I've been in the speaking industry since 96. I said all that I was in the music industry as a tour manager and a promoter. So I've always been uh, someone in the background putting it together rather mm-hmm. than being the person on the stage. It couldn't be anything worse. Yeah, I know the feeling. And um, and was it a accidental shift from music into speaking industry, or did it happen because you wanted to progress into that area? No, it was. Um, when uh, back in '96, I was just coming to the end of being a promoter. I was a promoter for myself, a friend of mine, um, and I just had my first uh, child. It was mm-hmm. now obviously not a child anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know what, it's about time I got a real job because being a promoter for yourself. Mm-hmm is not it's not a wage that comes in every week so to speak and now yeah. i've got responsibilities and all this. Mm-hmm. um so i ended up having to get a real job um which just happened to land in my lap pretty much because it's down the road it was down the road from where i lived yeah um, and there's not a lot of difference between the music industry and the speaking industry no. it's all showbiz but what mm-hmm. we do corporate showbiz yeah understand so the synergy was there straight away Perfect. Yeah, it's really interesting. And and the fact that you've never obviously got onto the stage, but it makes sense because obviously you had that experience of, of managing tours and music. Um, so I had to go on stage. Sorry, I had to go on stage once. Okay. As a tour manager. Yep. 10 seconds to introduce the band. And it was maybe the worst 10 seconds of my life. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, it's not just the 10 seconds you're on stage, it's all the nerves and apprehension that comes before that as well. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. And and then probably um, afterwards, looking back and feeling annoyed at yourself for how bad it went or for what you did or didn't say. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to be able to do it. And mm. I'd like to want to be able to do it. But well, neither. No, no, no. Well, you can, you know, you can do it voyeuristically through watching the people that you, you put on the stages to see how, how amazing they are. Great. So um, so it's really interesting because a lot of the people we have on the podcast are the speakers. So they talk about what it's like to be on the stage. But it'd be great just to get as much insight as we can out of you today. What happens, you know, behind the stage. So let's talk about, you know, you've got a speaker on your books, you're their agent. What's it like trying to find them speaking gigs? Is it, is it hard work? Is, you know, tell me a little bit about that. Well, it can be, it obviously depends who it is. Mm. Um, I now I've, I'm freelance now uh, working for myself and I'll look after three or four specific people. Um, a couple of them are celebrities in their own mm. right. Yeah. So 
uh, one of the guys that look after Bruce Dickinson, the lead singer of Iron Maiden and aviation entrepreneur, commercial pilot and all the rest of it. It's not that hard to find Bruce work because mm. he's a global rock star. Yeah. Uh, and so everyone knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Although it's quite hard to start with because obviously people were like, well, what can a rock star bring to me? Mm. Rock star, they think Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Uh, whereas Bruce is obviously very different animal to Ozzy Osbourne. And then I've got other guys who aren't as well known but are in their field. And that's, that's a harder sell. I mean, you're coming, you were talking about. Uh, what's it like to be on stage as a speaker and what is, you know, the fraughtness of your plan and stuff. I mean, I look at Bruce, you know, he, he gets on stage to 100,000 people and sings and God knows how he does it. No. Completely different animal to someone yeah. like um, But everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses and speaking. Yeah. Fine. Um, so I, I, I'm always loath, and I always was when I was a celebrity speaker, just to take people on as a speaker, because especially if that's their day job. Mm. You know, their lives are in your hands. Yeah. And I never wanted to promise people stuff that they can deliver. I can get them speaking engagements, sure, but maybe I can't get someone enough to earn a living from it if that's their day job. Where someone like Bruce, obviously, his day job is a rock star. Yeah. The money's not touring. He can do speaking engagements. Mm. Brilliant. You know, yeah. I can't get a 10 a year, 20 a year. He doesn't mind because it's not his bread and butter. Got it. Um, And, and that's... That's the difference. I look after three other guys, Robin Horsfall, who is a former SAS soldier, and he was at the Iranian embassy in 82 now, and he's gone on to become an entrepreneur. He's, his, he's sort of a bit between Bruce and someone who earns his living from it. And another guy called Jeff Birch, who's uh, an alternative business guru, and it is his mm. living. So there's more pressure for someone like like Jeff, was for me to find engagement with someone like Jeff than with someone like Bruce. Um, but it all depends on who the speaker is, what they're going to bring to the audience, on whether I would then make a decision, on whether I would, you know, competently be able to deliver what they want. Got it. So I want to ask a couple of questions on, on the back of that. So we've got this celebrity speaker, Iron Maiden, he's got the name, he's got the draw already. And what about someone who's an aspiring speaker, never been in a band, you know, they've not been in the SAS, you know, they don't have this amazing, incredible backstory, but they still really want to get into the speaking industry. What, You're talking what, about yourself. What, could, what can they bring to the table? <laughs> Possibly myself. What could they bring to the table, do you think? Well, it, it depends, of course, what they're going to be speaking on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the story is. Everyone's got a story. Um, but it, it, it depends on what you can impart from your story to the audience and whatever knowledge you're going to give them. Um, it all depends on what the brief is from the, the organiser, whether mm-hmm. they want a motivational speaker, they want a finance speaker, whatever. Yeah, It's not just someone going, I'm going to be a speaker. You've got to have something to say. Mm. And not only that, you've got to have something that people want to listen to, yeah. and want to hear about, and will inspire the audience. Because like I say, the speaking industry, in my opinion, is called showbiz. Yeah. yeah. You have a conference, you've got a few speakers in a day, and you've got one that's an outside guest speaker. That's the, the turn, if you like. Um, that's going to be the one that inspires the audience because the CEO of the company and the clients, are, they're not going to be able to inspire the audience. They want to see someone that's going to uplift them. Mm-hmm. So it depends on what that speaker is going to be speaking about the story. You've mentioned the word audience at least seven times in that little um, segment there. So I think that's, that's really important to think about. If you do want to become a speaker, it's 
which type of audience do you want to speak to is it corporate is it life coaches is it sports people you know whatever that is who are the audience and then you also mentioned what what value can you add to that audience um so i guess there are two two distinctions to make if you think about getting into this industry yeah you don't want to put the cart before the horse no ultimately someone is going to be paying you to speak at their event Mm. you've got to deliver what that person who's paying you wants you to deliver yeah yeah that is obviously going to be Sometimes the speaker makes or breaks the event for the client. Mm-hmm. The person who's writing the bill, if the speaker's no good, you know, they're going to get, they're the ones that are going to get it in the next. So you're, you know, they're not taking the life in your hands for you, but you've got to be confident in, in what you're delivering. Um, and, and in regards to being the speaker with the audience, you've obviously got to take that into account as well. So it's a bit of a balance in it. You've got to deliver what the, the, the fee paying person wants you to deliver, but you've also got to connect with the audience. Yeah, yeah, it makes complete sense. Be interesting to talk about what else goes into um creating a package for a speaker. So the speaker on stage delivering their content is one element, but then you've got to think about the website, the brochure, the the show reels, the videos. Like, do you work on all of that with the speakers to really help them build their brand positioning? Well, most of them have got that already. Yeah. Um, I mean, a video is a necessity. Yeah. Back, back when I started in '96. I used to send proposals over to clients by fax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Which, you know, this is how long ago it was. Try sending a proposal with photographs over by fax. It's not easy. Um, and, and video was, you know, there was certainly nothing online. There was no internet. I was certainly no websites. Um, but now everyone wants to see a video, and rightly so, because those tools are there. So you've got to make use of them. Because if someone's going to pay you thousands of pounds to speak at their event, they at least want to know now that you can stand up, be competent and speak in without falling over. Yeah. At least they can ask. Yeah. And, and that's that's quite important when, when you're starting out. Um, you know, that that's probably one of the good reasons, one of the main reasons to do free speaking gigs at the beginning to build your craft, but also to capture footage of you actually no, doing that. Absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. It's where you're going to cut your teeth, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, so if you're a global name in your own right anyway, and you want to become a speaker, and everyone knows who you are and everyone's seen you on the telly or whatever. And you don't really have to do that so much. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But if you're if you're an unknown, no one's going to take you, no matter how good your agent is or your speaker manager, no one's going to take their word for it without being able to see something to prove what they're saying. They're not going to pay you thousands of pounds without actually seeing that you can do what they think you can do or that someone's trying to sell you to do. So, so in your years as an as an agent, then have you only ever found people paid gigs, or have you, have you actually found people free gigs as well? No, just paid. It's, just paid. As an agent, um, it, it's obviously my living. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, would a band go out? And, uh, sorry, something out. Um, would a band go out and play for nothing? No. The answer is no. Yeah. Um, so no, I don't. I can advise. I would advise people if I think someone's got potential. Um, and could go somewhere with it. I can give them advice and what to do. Um, and if someone wanted a speaker for nothing, came to me and said, "Oh, we, you know, we've got a charity, or we need a speaker for nothing." If I had someone I could do, do that for, I'd put them both in touch with each other and say, "Easy, mm. man, yeah, like yourself, yeah," um, and sort of fix it like that. But I, I don't, you know, it's it's not an agent's job. No, no, okay, perfect. So, I guess yeah, the advice is there. You know, do free speaking to start with. Cut your teeth. Practice your yeah. craft, capture footage as well. Yeah, um, if you're starting from scratch, absolutely. Yeah, perfect. 
And then what about someone starting from scratch who isn't quite sure on the topic? Like what's the best, what's the best way to create a 60 minute talk that, and, and choosing what that topic is like, should that be based on a story? Should it be based on one key takeaway? What, what advice have you got about content? First of all, I'd make it 45 minutes. 45, yeah. Makes sense. Done a, they did a study. Someone did a study. After 45 minutes, people's attention wanes. Mm-hmm. Know who you are, and after 60 minutes, forget it. Yeah. It could be Obama. Yeah. After that, you know, the, the human brain doesn't have the capacity to stay here for that attention. So in regards to the topic, it all depends who the person is and what they're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. 40% of the market, I would say, has always been about inspiration and motivations. Yeah. And what, what background someone's from, the, they want, the audience want to be inspired, you know, no matter where you're coming from. So that that is certainly the lion's share of the market. It's quite a broad um, But in regards to what you're going to be speaking on, that's really dependent on who you mm. are. Yeah, makes your sense. Your expertise is. Anyone, you know, you, it's not like anyone could be a speaker, right, I'm going to learn how to stand on the stage, stage and speak. You've got to have something to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you've got to have something people want to listen to. So you've got to have a specific topic in mind or specific idea. If you're a finance person, obviously you're going to be talking about the economic climate. If you're a sports star, you're going to be inspiring people with your story. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have a good idea what you can talk about. It's not like you've got a blank sheet of paper and say, right, I'm going to be a speaker. What should I talk about? Yeah. Yeah. Now that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, don't, don't become a leadership speaker if you've never been in a leadership role or don't have yeah. any experience or yeah. capability on the topic. Of I mean, they're called thought leaders and consultants. Yeah. Just nonsense. Yeah. Consultants that have never done a day's work in their life. How can they talk about stuff? But Yeah, it makes complete sense. So um, quite a topical one. Well, it was topical a couple of years ago. We, we just had a, a global pandemic, which pretty much wiped out the in-person speaking industry. What What did you do? for yourself and with your clients to really help quickly transition during that, that time to virtual speaking? Yeah. You kind of changed everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a celebrity speaker for 25 years. And during COVID, I was on furlough and I just decided, you know what, I quite like this um, work-life balance. Mm-hmm. If I don't get out now, I'm never going to get out. Yeah. I jumped. Yeah. Uh, got freelance. Um for a while, virtual was obviously the only game in town. Um, there was a bit of a conflict, well, not conflict, but difference of opinions. Uh, the company I was at decided virtual was the way forward. Mm-hmm. I always knew virtual was only going to be there. Temporary. It was lasted until yeah. you could get together. People are people. They want to be with people. They do, yeah. Um, no, it's, it, there's now a hybrid. People can afford other speakers that they wouldn't normally be able to afford if they had a virtual. But the reason you have a conference is for people to sit next to people and be with people because we yeah. we're social animals. Um, so my, I think people learnt a lot from that in regards to, you know, I've never been on Zoom. I never knew what Zoom was. Mm. I don't when it comes to technology. And I'm not saying I'm an expert now, but, you know, I can do this. Yeah. And I had to do this now. Yeah. I've never done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it gave it gave people another platform. Um, and, and it worked for a lot of people. And they can still do it. You know, if you have a, a briefing call with a speaker and a client, they more often than not will do it over Zoom. Yeah. You can glean a lot more face to face looking at mm-hmm. people than you can 
on a telephone call. Yeah, yeah, cost saving. And I guess for the speakers as well, no, no longer having to international travel, no longer having to be away from the family for two to three days for a speaking gig. Yeah, but it's it's still, the lion's share is still going to be a face-to-face. Yeah, thing. yeah. Definitely. So it looks like, yeah, it looks like we, we you know, we, we're going back into that real face-to-face stuff with a little bit of hybrid and we'll see what's next. We'll see if the technology improves and yeah. watch this space, I guess. Yeah. Perfect. So, um, yeah, I've asked you lots of questions, questions, what loads of great value there. Um, if, if anyone listening to this wants to speak to you about, you know, working with you or in fact, booking one of your speakers, what's the best place or where's the best place for them to go to reach out to you? Well, my, my own website's just being built. I mm-hmm. mean, so I look after three or four people, but I'm still all things to all men. Yeah. Like I can deliver a world-famous sports person. I can deliver a UK-centric economist, whatever people want. The, yeah. the, the joy about what I do now is I, I do it with the client for the client. Got it. I can deliver the right speaker to exactly what they want. Whereas before, when you're working for a company, you know, you've got targets. People want you to sell specific speakers and you're trying to pigeonhole or put people in square pegs in the round holes. Yeah. Now, I, I don't have to do that now. My commissions no. are lower. Mm-hmm. I can put what I think is the right speaker and I can work totally hand in hand with the client to deliver that person to make sure it's the right person. And whether it be one of the guys I look after or whether it be one of the thousands of other people that I can get hold of. Mm-hmm. It's about ideas. It's about creative ideas, new speakers, exciting speakers. Um, so they can get me um, at the moment on, on work with Speakers Associates. So mm-hmm. uh, Dave at speakersassociates.com or my number is, I'll give you my I'll, number. I'll pop it in the minutes. Yeah, so what I'll do is I'll, I'll put a link to your LinkedIn. I'll put a link to your yeah. email. And, and then when yeah. your website's ready to go live, we'll put that into the show notes as well. Yeah. So people I mean, Speakers Associates have got their own website as well. So you right. can go to that. You can contact me, Dave. Um, and if there's anyone out there that, is looking for a speaker to speak in their events, needs ideas, needs new, fresh ideas, not the same old names or someone mm-hmm. hopefully they can trust, which I'd like to think I am. Yeah. You know, we've been a block a few times and I've got more experience than most in the, mm-hmm. in the world of speaking. Yeah. Um, then please be in touch and I'll, uh, I'll try and help you. Fantastic. And your network from 1996 to now must be significant. So like you said, you can connect the right people with the right people in this industry. Yeah. Like, like you said at the beginning, from Neil Armstrong, Pele, to Bruce Dickinson, to the Sugar Babes, to, yeah. you know, all sorts of weird and wonderful people. Mm-hmm. Because there'll always be something there for someone. Absolutely. Someone wants a comedian, then I can deliver. Someone wants a sports star, I can do that. If you want a rock star, a finance expert, whatever. You know, we're Fantastic. There. There's going to be an, a good need for lots of finance experts in the UK right yeah, now. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully, not too many now, but you never know. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you coming along and sharing such great value with our audience. No, you're welcome, Tom. Nice to see you.